0: Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm Steph. And this is Design Beat. Hello and welcome to Design Beat, where we share the stories of creative women who dance to the beat of their own drum. This week, we're talking with the amazing Joy Laforme. Joy is an illustrator, artist, maker... She illustrates for puzzles, she has paint-by-number kits, she has a book coming out, she was a joy, quite frankly, to speak with, just so pleasant and amazing and generous in the specific things she shared. She shared her tools she uses, she had the best advice for people getting started, and some really great advice for finding your creative voice and your style. You guys are going to love this episode. Joy is amazing. I actually discovered her last Christmas when we were doing puzzles. My mother-in-law had two of her puzzles and I immediately flipped them over and had to know who the artist was. Followed her on Instagram and... Here we are almost a year later having her on the podcast, so I was really excited to talk with her. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you about our Black Friday sale on the design contract templates. We are doing 50% off for the entire month of November, so you don't have to worry about Thanksgiving Day or Black Friday, having to leave your family and hop on and buy stuff. Okay, you probably will buy other stuff, but not this. <laughs> you have all month to shop. Just use the code black Friday at designbeatpodcast.com slash contract, and you'll get 50% off the design contract template. All right, here's Joy. We like to start with rapid fire questions. Just first thing that comes into your head. Yeah, Break sounds good. Break the ice a little. Okay, awesome.
1: Okay, what is your favorite snack right now? Um... I feel like I'm very much of a child with this because I love cheddar bunnies. Like Annie's oh, like cheddar Annie's? bunnies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was totally a goldfish kid. So now I'm like an adult you cheddar bunny person. To yes. Cheddar bunnies. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that.
0: I love any cheddar cracker or yes. chip. I am on board. Totally. So good. Okay, summer or winter? We just talked about how. We
1: love all four seasons
0: yeah um
1: I'm gonna have to go with winter I actually love winter so yeah do you do any winter sports or activities no I am definitely someone who my husband wants to keep me away from sports like that because <laughs> I and I'm very clumsy so um but I just love snow and I love like it just seems so magical and uh, I love the lights and everything. So yeah, love winter. Yes.
0: Okay. That's something I love about your work is the way you illustrate like lights and snow and that like whimsical, warm feeling. Uh, I can tell you love it by I, your artwork.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I do love it. And I hope to make everyone else love it. So that's good. Oh, yes.
0: Okay. More on that later. <laughs> do you have a favorite
1: art or design quote mm. um so I pretty much love like anything that is said by Linus and the peanuts and like mm-hmm. there it's so philosophical but I think as far as like actual art quotes um I love the quote that says creativity takes courage I think mm-hmm. I think Henry Matisse said that and it's very much applies to me personally because I just feel like every time I put myself out there, I feel like it takes a little bit of courage. So yeah.
0: That's so true. Yeah. I love that.
1: Okay. Last rapid fire. When are you most productive? Definitely the morning. I slow Mm -hmm. down sometime around three o'clock. I just,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, I feel that that's when I find myself
0: In the pantry and (laughs) distracted,
1: and yeah, just goes downhill from (laughs) there. Oh, absolutely, I know. So, if I can try and get off of my computer before then, then I'm happy because then it means I've done everything I'm supposed to for the day. So,
0: totally, I totally feel that. I feel like I'm a night person, like, I like to be up at night, but I'm definitely
1: more productive and
0: more, uh, useful
1: in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. And useful is a great way up. to describe it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so let's talk a little bit about your
1: story.
0: When did you start illustrating? Were you creative as a kid? When did you find, how did you find yourself in the career you're right now?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I was always really creative. I, My parents were great about kind of fostering my creative side. And I did everything from dance to art to visiting museums and going to tons of Broadway shows. And I just loved everything creative and expressive. Um, Mm. But I never thought that I would be doing it as a full-time career. Um, I actually went to school for web and interactive design. I thought that I was going to be like designing websites. And so I guess I I did think I was going to do something creative, but more like back-end, um, kind of behind the scenes with coding and that sort of thing. And so, yeah,
0: um, I actually studied the
1: same thing in college. Wow, that's awesome. I studied web design development and I'm more
0: design illustration stuff. So.
1: I totally like needed a creative outlet while I was studying and I started yeah. illustrating patterns, and it just kind of came naturally to me, and um, I really never anticipated making money off of it or falling in love with it in any way. I just very much felt... It was felt a hobby. It was a hobby and definitely an outlet for me because I was doing so much coding at the time, and I don't think they teach this anymore, but at the time, it was like a lot of Adobe Flash, which like makes my eye twitch when I think about it because <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I can't believe they made PTSD. us code an active script. <laughs> like it was just terrible. But, um, and so I, that was where I kind of found that, oh, I really love this. I really think that I should pursue something that has to do with creativity. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And then have you always lived in New Jersey?
1: Um, Did you grow so up there? So I actually grew up in New York, in the Hudson Valley. Um, oh, cool. And then my husband and I, Moved to New Jersey um after we got married, we lived in the Philadelphia area for a while and then we moved to New jersey um just really love this area. We're still really close to where I grew up um but i kinda I kind of like new jersey better don't don't tell my new York friends but <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing so
0: I've noticed in your artwork you're painting or
1: illustrating you like digitally illustrate right yeah so a lot of what I do is mixed media so I'm doing a lot of painting of textures and painting shapes and I'm pulling them into photoshop and digitally illustrating details sometimes I paint the details um it really just so cool kind of depends on how inspiration strikes for each project so that's so cool so you're actually do you like scan it in or take a photo
0: and then put it in Photoshop? And then, what program do you use to illustrate after that?
1: I'm using Adobe Photoshop to illustrate. Um, oh,
0: really? You illustrate in Photoshop? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yep. Um, and I am I scan it using it's an Epson V600. I'm sure people okay. will want to know that it's a great scanner. Yeah. So,
0: what tools do you use to illustrate in Photoshop?
1: Um, well I, so I, behind me, I, people can't see when they're listening, but (laughs) I have a Wacom Cintiq. I don't know if I'm saying that Mm. correctly, but, um, I actually draw on the tablet and I use all kinds of brushes, any brushes that work in Photoshop. Um, my favorite ones are Kyle's brushes. I think they're called, um, they come with Adobe. You can get them for free if you have the Adobe subscription, but I absolutely love, he has like hundreds, if not thousands of brushes. And so um, I just love playing around with them and seeing what textures I can make and that sort of thing. So yeah. Cool.
0: I think you're the first person who said they've illustrated in Photoshop with a tablet. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. Well, and I love the iPad too, but I got my start using Photoshop before the iPad became... Really popular, so yeah. I just I'm kind of stuck with it at this point. I'm I'm used to my ways, so. (laughs) Hey, it's working. Thanks. Broke,
0: don't fix it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I was gonna say you paint or illustrate. That's how I. Okay, I knew. You (laughs) illustrate a lot of like cityscapes and downtown scenes. Do you ever take your things with you into the city to
1: draw? Yeah, absolutely. So I need to be better about sharing my process on Instagram. I feel like... I would love that. I've kept it very... I don't know. It's its something that's very special to me because I will take pictures and bring them home or I'll bring sketchbooks and things with me into the city and I just... Um, I I really enjoy it and I guess I didn't want Instagram or any other social media to kind of I don't know feels like being a part of it but I think yeah that's that's something that I really enjoy so yeah looking looking forward to sharing more of that um after the new year so yeah Yeah I would love to see your
0: process in real time how you how you get from start to finish how long does each piece
1: take you Um a couple of days. Um, it really depends. I mean, some pieces have taken me weeks. I just, I guess it depends on how involved the details are and how many things I want to add. Sometimes I really put my pieces under a microscope, and I think I'm probably the only one who does that. I think you know. Sometimes I think to myself, "Oh, other people are putting it under a microscope like me, and they're not." But I like to. I say, okay, I'm not done. I have to add something. I have to add something. And I just, I feel like I know when it's done and there's really no tangible way to describe how to tell people when I know something's done. I just feel it. It's just intuitive. Yeah. That's so cool.
0: So I discovered you from last Christmas. We were doing puzzles. My mother-in-law had two of your Christmas puzzles and I just fell in love flipped it over. I'm like, who is this artist? It just encompasses that Christmas cozy winter feeling. And I loved it so much. So I found you on Instagram and then we started the podcast. You
1: were one of the first on the list to reach out to. So I'm so excited to be talking to you now. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. That's like one of my absolute favorite things about what I do is like hearing and seeing people enjoying my puzzles that is like the absolute best I think especially around the holidays because people just you know whether you're on your own or you're getting together with family it's just like such a fun traditional Christmassy hunt like holiday thing to do and Mm -hmm. yeah I just love it so
0: I totally agree it's so fun because even the people who aren't into puzzles will come sit at the table and chat while we're doing the puzzle, and uh, and if it's if the artwork is beautiful on the puzzle, it just makes it so much better. I totally agree. I I love that about puzzles. So, how
1: did you get into
0: the puzzle world? Take us through that process of art licensing and everything.
1: Yeah. So before I did puzzles, I actually was I did um fabric design for like a fabric house they sold I was pumping out like 150 patterns a month and they were selling them to department stores and like there was really no like attachment to the work and it was a absolutely wonderful way to make money um and I tell people that especially when they're getting started is like if you can pump out work like that it actually helps you find your your voice your creative aesthetic and Mm. um I think a couple of years after starting to do that, I really was like very, um, very drawn to finding my own aesthetic and trying to find my own creative voice. And so I started making art that just felt like me and kind of honing what that looked like. And shortly after I started publishing that work to my website in a portfolio, um, Gallison Puzzles actually reached out to me. do a puzzle and that kind of changed the trajectory of my career because Mm. I never really thought that I would be a puzzle designer. I, you know, I always loved, like you said, I always loved like really beautiful Christmas puzzles as a kid. Um, It was something my family always did, but I had never thought that I would ever do a puzzle. And so they, they hired me to create a puzzle and they're still selling it today. And it's so special to me because of that, Um, you know, that was almost... 8 or 9 years ago at this point I think um and it was just wow. yeah it was really special so I that was where I got my puzzle start and you know I've done a few puzzles with them pretty much every year since then and um cool. done puzzles with other companies as well but yeah so That's so cool.
0: So were you working in-house for the the fabric company?
1: Um I was actually a freelancer for them so okay. um yeah, I had a friend that connected me with them, thought, you know, you might like this, you might be interested in it, and I sent them, like, a ton of work, and, yeah, it's it's a great job. Um, lots of places need patterns, and not all of them need to be perfect and beautiful and super, super cute. Some of them are just dots and things that they need to put on scrubs and pants and shirts, and so it's, yeah. they're looking for, like, patterns in bulk, which is unbelievable. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting concept where, so I worked in house for a baby company designing patterns and it was sort of the same thing where I just was kind of pumping out patterns pretty quickly. And I would totally agree that that's such a good way to learn when you just have to like work quickly or just, there's a specific thing that they need and, I noticed when I was doing that and I didn't have, sometimes I had more creative freedom than others if I was doing a floral or something, but I noticed when I was kind of confined at work to doing this really specific pattern, then I would come home and just have so much creative energy because I'd get home and be like, I can create whatever I want and all these things that wouldn't work for the company I can make for myself just for fun. And you'd think I'd be exhausted after working and doing that, but it just like energized me further to create outside of those boundaries.
1: Yeah. I think it, it really flexes your design muscles because you're making a lot of really quick decisions. Um, which is a really valuable tool to have like to be able to make quick creative decisions and then you know you're also because you're confined you have all these other ideas that like you said they're they're not going to work for what you're doing so you kind of like store them in a little part in your brain of you know oh I yes I should do that sometime or I should make that sometime and yeah I totally agree I was confined by all kinds of restraints you know oh the client doesn't like blue or you know, the the client needs vectors only or the client needs Photoshop only. And so it was like, sometimes you just had to, had to create things you don't necessarily want to, but it did, it fueled me as well. So it's definitely an interesting job.
0: Yeah. It kind of reminds me because I'm not working there anymore, but I look back at what I was creating on my own when I was, and I just love what I was creating at that time. Hmm. And it kind of reminds me like, I need to be more open to take on jobs that aren't, like maybe aren't the best style fit, but could help me grow in other ways because you do get that yeah, creative energy in return.
1: Oh, it's at, that's absolutely true. And I have never been a big fan of the advice that you should be very specific about who you take on, especially when mm. you're still finding your footing. Um, you know, I've, Become a little bit more choosy about the projects that I take, but that's only because it's time related and not necessarily restricting to my style. I love, you know, exploring what my style would look like for a client that's maybe unexpected. Maybe they Mm. really like my style and um, they want to, and all their work looks very different than mine. And sometimes that helps me explore you know, boundaries that I didn't know existed with my own work. So yeah. And on that,
0: do you have any advice for people trying to find their style?
1: Oh my gosh. Just (laughs) paint, paint and illustrate absolutely everything that you possibly can just like, like in your personal work, not necessarily for clients, Mm -hmm. but just, explore as much as you can and find what feels natural um Mm -hmm. you know I got I had gotten advice from someone a long long time ago about finding your style and it was like um find like a handful of artists in all different walks of the industry whether they're fine artists from centuries ago or current artists today and kind of try to identify what it is that draws you to their work and mm. then emulate that like not copy it but emulate it with other things that you've taken from other artists that you're inspired by and together the the equation of it all comes in, in it comes into your own style it's very um like a very interesting process but yeah it's like the sum of all of them almost like that you know when you spend the most time with like the five people that you Mm -hmm. spend the most time with you know you end up being like them it's almost like that with art you like surround yourself with all of those pieces and those artists that you love and kind of see what comes from that um but never copy only copy only copy when You're by yourself. I I will say that. Never show anyone. Yeah. I think it's very, very much okay to copy when you're practicing because that's what helps you kind of grow in your skill set. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just in your own studio and just, just in your own space. That's such great advice.
0: I've noticed on Instagram, I tend to follow people who are sort of at the same level as me. And I have to remind myself to like follow more people who I want to be like instead of are at the same level. you know what I mean absolutely so i can I can draw from that inspiration, and I mean it's fine to follow like your friends and your peers, but I do try to make my Instagram as I'm flipping through as inspiring as possible and make me want to create rather than just consume
1: absolutely I um I heard someone say a couple of weeks ago that their goal this year was to create more than they're consuming like and that's a great goal it really resonated with me um I think her name is Cassie Ott I I think she said that I'm not remembering but it just really the quote really stuck with me I was like oh my gosh I need to be creating more than I'm consuming that's very much how I feel right now um especially with like the way Instagram is it feels very oppressive so yeah yeah it just it feels so oppressive right now I think it's definitely a fight to be creative over over consumption so yeah it's hard.
0: It's hard to be an artist on Instagram right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's a hard place to be.
0: I mean, it's great to connect with people and everything, but it's hard on the ego.
1: <laughs> it really is, you know. And i I don't want to be a part of a generation that kind of influences younger people to dislike themselves either I think yeah like ethically I think that creating like an air of perfection just feels so unethical to me and so I very much committed to sharing my work and I will never when I share my personal life which is pretty rare for me but um, when I share it I will never make it look perfect because it's never going to be and it shouldn't look like it is. Um, That's just how I feel about my own image that I want to put out there. That's not, I don't want to put that on anyone else. I know there's tons and tons of influencers and brands that take beautiful, beautiful photos for content. And I don't want to take away from that at all. It's just something that I feel burdened by um, that I don't want to create with my own, um, with my own image. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's that's so true. And I think, I think we need more of that. And I agree that there are, like, great brand photos and everything, and there's a place for that. But I think there's a place for also showing you're not perfect, too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So did you have a moment where it
0: sort of clicked for you and you knew that this is what you wanted to do?
1: I think it was... I think it was that first puzzle that I that I worked on that I really felt like I was doing the right thing. And at mm-hmm. that point, I had been working in kind of the corporate world. I had worked in the corporate world for about five years, so it wasn't that long. Um, but I very much felt like a friction that I can't quite describe. But it definitely felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't feeling like the way everyone else felt. And I, I just felt like, okay, I have to figure this out. I have to do something different. And that feeling of no friction, at least not that it wasn't difficult because it was very difficult financially trying to figure out how the heck was I going to make money and Mm -hmm. um, how was I going to get clients and all of that. But like that friction of not feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That was sort of gone when I was working on the puzzle and mm. that was sort of when it clicked for me, I think. So cool. So how did you start finding clients? Um, well, you know, I, I was really fortunate enough to um, create friendships through the fabric studio that I worked with. Um, mm. In the beginning and it was actually friendships with other artists and to this day like some of us still talk and we share ideas and like client ideas or um client contacts and just say hey you know I think your work would be really great on this medium or you know oh I have a I have a book cover inquiry that you know I don't think is going to work for me um do you want it you know um And just kind of like passing information back and forth. I think that, yeah, that that was sort of how I found clients in the beginning. Um, I also did a lot of like cold email inquiries, which like is so hard at first because you feel like you're cold calling people. But to go to a client's website and find their artist submission guidelines and then to e- email them with a portfolio of stuff. There were some clients that I was emailing like once a quarter and saying, Hey, here's new work, new work, here's new work. It's like, but then, you know, I had this one publisher that has come to me a few times and I had emailed them a number of times with work and it took about two years before they ever got back to me. They I said, Oh, we we kept your work because we thought we really liked your stuff but we didn't think we had anything for you right now but we have something for you now so it's like you never really know cool. when you're when you're sending work out into the ether or if anyone's actually paying attention
0: yeah i try and remember that because i feel like i'm always sort of filing people away in my mind like okay if i need this service that's who i'm gonna call and sometimes it's years later like you said
1: yeah and I think a lot it's very easy on our end to forget that and think to ourselves, Oh, they don't they don't remember me or they don't care or they don't like my they work. They didn't
0: even look at the email, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm after like a week, if they don't respond after like a week I'm like, it's they they don't care. They didn't <laughs> they didn't even open it, whatever. <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out Skillshare yet you need to you can learn about pretty much any creative field from the best of the best and one thing I love about Skillshare is that you don't have to pay per class you just get a membership and you have access to all of their classes and it's self-paced so you can start as many classes as you want you don't have to finish anything you can jump around if you want to brush up on any of your skills or learn something new Skillshare is a really great place to do that you can get 40% off an annual membership at the link in our show notes. So what's something you wish
1: you had known when you were first starting out? I think that I didn't have to pursue all the same categories that artists that I really admire, um, were also Mm. creating in. So like, I think at the time that I got started, a lot of people were doing like dishware and also stationery. And, um, my work has been on cards for many years, and that that portion of stationery definitely works well for my work um, but like other categories really didn't work, like you know kitchenware and that sort of thing and I thought, well, if I want to be a surface illustrator, a surface pattern designer, I have to get my stuff on kitchenware, and it has to be mm. in anthropology and I just will not be successful unless I do that. And that is just so, that, that's such a lie. Um, mm-hmm. a lie I told myself. And I think that you can kind of in this field, you can create whatever art you want and put it on whatever products you want and kind of create your own little bubble of stuff that you've created. And that is perfectly fine. There is absolutely no. no mathematical equation that you need to jam yourself into. Um, I wish I knew that, but I know it now. So mm-hmm.
0: anthropology, yeah. all of
1: us want to be an
0: anthropology.
1: That is like I know that's the that's the dream for us all. <laughs> yeah, and like we can't all be an anthropology. There's other options. <laughs> no, and there's right. other beautiful options as well. I mean, you know. Yeah they're an amazing client but yeah i
0: mean it's still my goal
1: but <laughs> of course <laughs> but there's so many other options as well mhm what's the best advice you've ever received oh i have to give credit to my mom for this one because she always just says just get started stop overthinking mm. and just start and that advice has applied to so many areas of my life like not even just art but I tend to overthink my art all the time. I think, well, you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not this color, it can't be released in this season or it can't be on this product. Or I really have overthought so many pieces that, you know, didn't need to be overthought. And then, you know, I, I, I went ahead and released them and it didn't matter. None of it mattered. And so I have to give credit to my mom for that. Just just get started I should put it on a post-it and just put it on my computer but I I remember it it's like a voice in my head at this point so
0: (laughs) I love that thanks mom yeah
1: (laughs) what does an average day on the job look like for you walk us through it sure um you know I wake up pretty early my husband I have to give him credit for that because he wakes up very early and in you know lockdown times last year you know um I was getting up very early with him because it was just easier like that. And um, I like to squeeze in a walk or devotionals or something. And then I will get to work pretty much right away. I'm very creative right in the morning. So I try to clear off my administrative stuff as quickly as I can. And, um, And then I just get to work, whether it's a personal piece or a client piece and I try to stick to one to two pieces in one day. I think when I bounce around to multiple pieces of work, I start to get a little scattered. So I tend to Mm. stick to one or two pieces. Um, But yeah, so, and then I'm usually wrapping up sometime between four and five o'clock. So that I can have my evening and I, um, I'd love to shut down a little bit more in the evening. I think I'm still very much attached to my phone. um, But You know, I think I try to shut it down and I love hanging out with my husband and I am like into knitting right now. So that has become Mm. a thing in my life that I'm like, okay, have to reserve my evenings to work on my projects. So that's become incentive for me to shut my my phone and my computer off. (sighs) What are you knitting right now? I am knitting a fluffy pink sweater. And Ooh. very, very excited about it. It's It has, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, it's like And Other Stories brand, I think it's called. Oh, um, they're, like, they're very known for their pastel fluffy sweaters. And mm. so it's kind of, it's inspired by that. And I'm really excited about it. Hopefully I'll finish. Oh. I'm kind of a slow knitter. So hopefully I'll finish sometime before winter is actually over yeah <laughs>
0: it takes forever yes i went through a big crochet phase i just love having something to do with my hands while i'm like watching tv or something yes i've never done knitting though i feel like a lot of things that i want to make would look better with knitting rather than crochet so
1: interesting
0: i gotta learn that's so cool so what do you do in your creative process when you feel stuck how do you get unstuck motivate yourself to keep creating
1: I have a lot of books that are from artists that are still alive artists that are no longer here and I love to flip through them I think it's kind of like my physical tangible Pinterest in my closet Mm. that I have just all these books and I like to kind of take myself away from the computer. So much of what I do is digital that, you know, I just like to kind of step away from it and say, okay, what were other people doing before me? And kind of just become inspired by their process, even more than Mm. the art itself. Yeah, that's really... For
0: some reason, physical artwork is so much better than through a screen. Yes.
1: We just went to the Met. It was oh, the first man. time that we've been back since before last year and it was so nice to be back Ugh. and to be standing there with the paintings and the sculptures and it was just, oh it was like a breath of fresh air. I, it sounds so cliche, but I really felt no, like, yeah. oh, this is wonderful. It's so inspiring.
0: Yeah. I love that. So you walked us through what your days
1: look like? What would an ideal day look like for you? My ideal day is pretty similar to my current day. Um, Love it. It's, I think I just want more hours in my day because I can't seem to fit everything that I want to do. (laughs) I have to always pick and choose, but um, I think it's really hard when I'm working on client work to also be um, working on personal work as well. So that would be my mm. main reasoning for wanting more hours in my day. Just to be able to have that time. Yeah. What's your favorite part about what you do? Oh, definitely seeing people interact with anything that I've put art on. So and this past year it's really been mostly puzzles and and paint by number kit. Um mm. All the kits. I was it. so
0: excited, by the way, when I saw you have a paint by number kit.
1: Oh, I'm so like, glad. Oh, there's there's I so much fun. And the company that I'm working with, they I'm exclusive with them, and so I tell people cool. because there's so many fraudulent paint by number companies out there. I'm like, mm. but the one that I work with, she creates the most beautiful kits, and the the canvas that she puts the art on is amazing, and. They're really fun, but I think seeing people use the kits and seeing people create the puzzles, oh my gosh, nothing beats that. That's the best yeah. feeling. That's
0: so fun. I feel like I haven't done a paint by number since I was a kid, so I'm so excited to do one as an adult. I have lo- I love that they came back. I'm so happy yeah. about it. Oh, So fun. Okay, just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, how did you
1: decide what to charge clients Um, like long long time ago I heard someone say that you should figure out what your day rate is Um, Mm. and for me because my pieces take and they take like several days in a row um, I like to charge my day rate to clients as opposed to an hourly rate. Um, Mm. you know, I, it's so hard for me to count the hours of how long something takes me. So I've calculated what my day rate is and I take that and I say, okay, this project will take me 10 days. And then I charge that rate. And that has really changed how I charge and it's taken the complexity completely out of it um mm-hmm. that was the best advice I ever got and as far as the amount goes I use the handbook for something or other there's a handbook mm-hmm. out there and there's so many editions of it this at this point I can find the name for you to post I on think Instagram or something referenced it before. yeah, yeah I there's a there's it. a handbook or a like a guideline book or something that has yeah like various pricing models in it and it even breaks it down like if you're a novice or an amateur or kind of just getting started all the way up to a professional like very expert level um, and like the different kinds of work that you should um, be thinking about when you're thinking about what to charge and that sort of helped me get a start as well for specifically what I should charge so
0: yeah yeah. I love
1: things like that that share specific
0: numbers
1: yeah it can be very overwhelming to think about what to charge especially if you're in talks with like a dream client because you think Mm -hmm. to yourself okay I'm gonna charge them one (laughs) dollar yeah yeah but, and then I will pay you. Yes, to let me do exactly this for you. Please <laughs> let me do it for free. I will do it for free.
0: <laughs> Speaking of dream clients, do you have a dream client
1: in your mind that you would love to work with? Um, so I would love to work with the Radio City Rockettes. I think that that <sighs> oh would my be goodness unbelievable and i think that that would be a great fit for my work i'm just gonna put that out there yes
0: <laughs> oh i love the rockets
1: me too i wanted to be a rocket that was my version of i want to be an astronaut i wanted to be a rocket and there's still a part of me that's still does. <laughs> I totally did too, but I didn't think about it until
0: I would watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's my dream.
1: That's I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. It makes I like I want to tear up when I see them on Thanksgiving. I'm so happy. But, we couldn't go see them last year because they had to close, and so I'm like so Aww. excited. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the first one in line this year.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Put that in the universe, Rockets. <laughs>
1: Higher joy. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Last question. Where
1: do you see yourself in five years? Um, well, I feel really privileged to be doing what I'm doing and, like, loving it so much. Um, so I think in five years, I just want to be doing the same thing with maybe art in new categories. I have some new categories that I've been thinking about and I haven't been talking about them as much because I'm trying to work them out in my head. But Mm. I think seeing some of those come to life, there are things that people have asked me for. And I think it'd be really fun to kind of grow into some new categories and still do puzzles. I don't want anyone to think that I'm going to ever move away from puzzles, but, um, (laughs) yeah, to be able to move into some new categories. I think that would be where I see myself in five years for sure. Cool.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you, Joy. Is there anything you want to plug? Where can we find
1: you on social media? Well, you can find me on social media just by looking up Joy Laform. Um, my handle is just my name, and my website is just joyleform.com. I have a new painting book coming out on November 2nd. Ooh. I think it's November 2nd. I have to check that. But um, everything is so weird this year because there's a lot of supply issues and printing yeah. issues. So the publisher has warned me it may not be November 2nd, mm. but fingers crossed. Tentatively. Yes. But so I have my new book coming out. It's called Pretty Simple Painting. Um, Oh. Very excited about that. And that will be a great giftable book for people who are just wanting to get into painting little scenes and little detailed scenes, like very similar to the art that they love and know from me. So I think people will enjoy it.
0: So it's like an instructional painting book?
1: Yeah, it's an instructional book and we go kind of step by step and the projects are really um, they're simple but they're really fun and they're very they kind of teach you how to grow a scene um, so that you can kind of move into creating your own scenery and that sort of thing so it's it's unique cool. in that way because I'm not I do cover um, some details in it about like traditional you know, color theory and tools and that sort of thing that's, that is covered, but we're actually building scenes in it, which is really fun. So fun. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I'm excited to see it. Thank you. I'm excited to do your puzzles over Christmas. Get your paint by number. Love we'll to check out your book. Thank yay. you so much. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this morning. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Isn't Joy just delightful? I
0: loved talking with her so much. All right, we have a review to read and something interesting. (laughs) This review is from July and I'm just now seeing it for the first time. So I'm really sorry if you've been leaving reviews and I've been like, guys, come on, where's your reviews? (laughs) I don't know why it's just showing up, but it says, So good. I absolutely love this podcast. It inspires me to try new things and answers questions I didn't even know I had. I've also loved hearing from designers that I didn't know about and then following them. It's like gaining a new friend. It's just all around refreshing and such a great listen. This is from Annalie Taylor. That's my sister-in-law. Annalie, if you're listening, hi. Thank you for your, your review. You're getting some Design Beat stickers. What you've always wanted... If you write us a review or screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, we will choose one every week, hopefully every week, if we get one every week, (laughs) and we'll read them at the end of the podcast, and then we'll send you some design beat goodies. So if something resonated with you, please share. We love hearing from you. All right. For all things design beat, you can follow us on Instagram at design beat podcast or visit us on our website at designbeatpodcast.com. We'll catch you next week.